Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Canadian Gamers, but we probably should be calling it International Gamers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Canadian, so... <laughs> That's right. So I'm here with Ahmed again, and uh, Stephen. Stephen's a big loser. He's he's basically ditched us. He barely even texts me anymore. It's like, it's ridiculous. You have a child and, and you forget your priorities. It's unacceptable. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Shame on you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to, man? It's been, what, like two weeks, I think, since we last spoke? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? What's going on? Uh, maybe not, nothing, like, varied in terms of gameplay. It's It's been Zelda, like, same old, same old. Uh, I can't add more to what I've mentioned last week, but uh, yesterday there's the, the Mario Kart 8's launch, so uh, we actually managed me and my wife to play my sister-in-law and her husband over at they're at Canada actually Toronto <laughs> so near you so we played oh, cool. online for a couple of hours that was quite fun very very fun game I don't know if you managed to get the game yet or well I'll talk all about that nice <laughs> yeah. but but how was the uh, like how was it how was the experience how was the online what are your first impressions and like. Obviously, you can't speak to one another when you're playing. So, like, just just what were your first impressions? I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, so, what's funny is that we we've had the Skype uh, just uh, uh, on the background as we've been playing. So, uh, it's uh, it, obviously the game is just as fun as the Wii U. The online is surprisingly lag free. Like every time something happens, I immediately hear a reaction from them on Skype. So it was quite fun. We played a couple of races. Uh, obviously, the battle mode is the highlight for me. Uh, everything with the battle mode is really, really fun. Like I said, I truly prefer the last man standing balloon battle with no timer on, but that's not an option here, sadly. Hope they patch it up or something. Uh, the new round, the new mode was called Renegade Roundup. I, I barely went, even tried it. Uh, I tried it maybe once or twice. I didn't really get it. It still like didn't register me in terms of the compared to the other battle modes. But as usual, Mario Kart is quite fun. But the funny thing that came up is as we were talking about, uh, as we were talking in Skype, uh, it's just like where's the like we were looking. Where's the voice chat? Is there voice chat in that? Uh, my my uh, uh, my sister in law and her husband were asking. Like, no, I would have to explain to them that there's an app actually coming and. And like I would be, I was kind of thinking to myself as if the app uh, on the mobile uh, works just as good as Skype, if if not better, it would be a, a quite a fun experience. Like I'm, I'm actually being like more positive uh, towards the mobile app thing that Nintendo is gonna do. Yeah, I'm really curious to see that. Uh, I'm really, really, really curious. And to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't have something ready for Mario Kart. And and I pretty sure that they're saving it for Splatoon, but I'm still a little surprised that there wasn't something ready for uh, for such a, you know, multiplayer and online multiplayer experience like that. But, uh, okay, so here's the deal with uh, with Mario Kart. I'm glad that you like uh, the battle mode. I'm, I'm also a little... Not not necessarily surprised, but I, I too was hoping for something like The Last Man Standing. That's That's always fun, that kind of thing. But like you say, they can always patch that in at a later time. So for me right now, I've I've been texting you and I've been telling you that I was playing this has been heroes game and everybody yeah. is like laughing at me. Um, <laughs> have you ever played a rogue like game? Yes, I've baby. Uh, the first one I've dabbled with is Izuna for the Nintendo DS. It's very like obscure, but uh, I enjoyed what I played. But you know, you get to a point that uh, I'm. I can't move on. It's getting really, really hard. Uh, I've always admired roguelike games, but I get to a point like I can't. It's getting really difficult for me. Yeah, you see, this this is pretty much like I think. I think I might be wrong, but I think this is like my first experience with this. I did play a very, very little bit of Binding of Isaac. I actually have that coming in if Amazon ever decides to ship it. And um, just because Steven was going on and on and on about it, he was like, this is the greatest game ever. It's better than Zelda. It's better than... I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> well, not. I don't think he said it was better than Zelda, but, but he was like really... Raving. Raving yeah, he was it. like really, really into it. 
So I was like, okay, well, whatever. A buddy of mine picked up Has Been Heroes, and he picked it up at, I think it was EB Games here, or I know it's, uh, I think it's a GameSpot, uh, not Spot, GameStop exclusive for the physical version, and he picked it up, and uh, he just gave it to me. He was like, here you go. He's like, this game is crap. <laughs> oh, my and God. <laughs> so I, at the time, I was I was like, okay, well, this was like maybe two weeks ago, like right, right after I had finished Blaster Master Zero, which I actually have a review coming up uh, relatively soon, and it may actually be up before this podcast is up. I was like, okay, well, I've finished all my Wii. Uh, Wii. I've finished all my Switch games, and there's nothing really out. So... I looked and I was like, okay, well, you know, this I I didn't pay for this. It's a free game, so what the hell, right? And so I put it on and I'm like, what the heck is this, man? Now, I know, I, I didn't know, but now I know what roguelike games are. And I, I it's an interesting concept, you know, where you have one life and you can just, you basically go until you die. And you will die instantly. And then you will, you know, you'll, you'll try again and you'll get like maybe one foot further than you did yeah. in the, uh, the previous turn. And then you go on and, and like that and like that. And the game is broken down into runs. So basically run one would be, think of it like Super Mario World where you'd have two levels, something like that. And in the two levels at the very end, there's a boss. You beat the boss, you move on to stage two. You know, you, you finish that. Congratulations, you beat the you beat the quote unquote game. No, you didn't. You beat the run. Then you unlock run two. Run two now is three stages with three bosses. Run whatever four or three or whatever. You know, it just it keeps getting. It goes on and on and on until you get to run seven that has eight bosses, and then that is the absolute end of the game. And I can already tell you, I. I finished the first run, and it was quite addictive. It really was. I was surprised by how addictive it was because you would get a little bit further, a little bit further, you know, every single time mm, that you'd mm, play. Mm. The thing that, that kind of throws me off for this, and I think it will throw me off with Binding of Isaac, but I'll give it a go. I mean, why not? Uh, is the fact that they're so luck-based, these type of games. Yeah. Like... If you run, like the reason why I beat that run was because I just got super lucky and I opened up treasure chests and stuff like that. They gave me more powerful spells than mm-hmm. they did previously. And that's the only reason that I, I finished it. That was it. If yeah. it wasn't for that, there's no chance in hell I would have, I would have been able to finish it. So I don't know. I'm not sure how much more time I'm going to invest into that because right now there are a couple of games I'm actually interested in. So there's the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe that I'm interested in, if only because I haven't played a Mario Kart in forever, and I would like to just try it out. When is the last one, by the way? The last Mario Kart you played? Boy, like any real time? Yes, Um, like any Mario Kart. What's the last one? I'm curious. Was it Double Dash for the GameCube? I'm just like... Probably, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Because the Wii I did not have a good relationship with. Mm -hmm. The Wii U... It was always, I mean, I played a lot of games on Wii U. Uh, that, I mean, I say a lot of games. That depends on in relation to what, right? Yeah. Um, but I played like almost all the big exclusives, but there was almost always something else that yeah. was out at around that time that I, I wanted to experience. And the handheld ones you completely skipped uh, 7 and DS. Uh, Maybe dabbled with, I guess, or something. Yeah, I might have. Like, Steven was giving me shit there, you know, like, oh, you're always buying everything and this and that. I'm actually, I've been such a good boy the last two years I've been, this year and last year, I've purposely been keeping track of every game I buy because it is, in the end, it's like, like, why am I buying this stuff if I'm not, even playing it you know what i mean like shrink wrapped and yeah and that's it and so i don't know it started last year where i was looking around the house and i'm like this is insane you know i have like so much stuff that i haven't even touched like what the hell and so last year i started keeping track of all of the games that i bought and how much money i spent so that by the end of it i could look and go oh my lord i spent twenty two thousand dollars on games (laughs) you know yeah 
or yeah. something like that. And be I like, completely what? understand that. I've, I've, I, I've uh, gone through like a similar phase, and then I started like phasing out. Like I'm not gonna buy a lot of like games. I'm not, I'm not gonna open them. I'm not interested in them. So I started like looking at. Okay, I'm keeping track of these, and I'm gonna get them digitally when they're on sale. That's what that's I do. Good. Yeah. No, that's that's great. And so for me, I've really made a lot of like really tough calls. Like this year, I'm just going to open it up because it's mm-hmm. actually right on my desktop. Nice. Every single game that I have purchased this year, I have played through to completion. Very nice. My, that and reminds me of uh, me back in the days with the Super Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, but exactly, man. And, it should and be like this. That's that's exactly what I was looking at, and I'm also I'm trying to take uh, Stephen up on on sort of not his offer, but something that he started to do, you know, blind buys as they say, where you just purchase. It's 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 not like a, a video. Like with a video, when you do a blind buy, you're like, oh, you know, you read, you look at the the, the box art, and then you flip it over, you read the back. If you if mm. you have time, you read a review or something like that. Okay. But when you go into like a movie store, you know, you're like, oh, okay, this sounds kind of cheesy. This is right up my style. But with games, I find it's very, very hard to do because even yes. if you, if you read reviews, you watch videos, you still, you don't have the controller in your hand to yeah. get that feeling. So what Steven started to do is he basically plays a game for like a handful of hours, maybe like two hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't grab him, he's done. Like, he looks at it that, well, a, the inv- the investment's uh, done. You know, I lost it. I, I screwed uh, up. That's a very interesting way of, uh, like, judging a game by its, uh, you would say, its cover. But in the same time, I don't want to, like, t- talk about it superficially. But it's, it is a very interesting way. I, I like what Steven is thinking. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm starting to do this myself. So, like, mm. a, a perfect example is that game, um, Has Been Heroes. I was really into it in the beginning, but as the week has gone on... I find I'm playing it less and less when I have free time, yeah. which to me is it's because it's it's they're just so hard those yeah. damn games I, and I'm not I'm not in the mood to get frustrated, you know? Yeah. I think uh, I, you, you me and you uh, you would have the same experience with most roguelike games because all of them are like that. I I haven't played uh, much to call myself a expert in the genre, but I always read about it like I'm always interested in the, interested in the intricacies uh, especially how the roguelikes, even has been heroes, they're always randomized. They have the ra- as a randomized dungeon or randomized items, and when you get like a lucky break, you actually think that you're advancing. But in the same time, you got to get to a ro- roadblock uh, sooner or later. But uh, I remember, I recall the same like feeling or effect that I had with the Izuna for the Nintendo DS. That was like the first game that I don't know why it caught my eye. And then after that, I tried something called Cladden for the PSP. So yeah, I, 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 with me with roguelikes, maybe if they have more structure to them, I would be more interested. Yeah, maybe, man. I, I, I don't know. I just, I think this is going to probably be it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. When Binding of Isaac arrives in twenty one seventy six, I'll probably, <laughs> uh, I'll probably like you know give it a shot. But I think I'm going to do like Steven now more and more. Where if I purchase a game. That I, I think I'm going to be interested in, and it doesn't work out, then I'm just, you know what, it's okay. Like, I don't need to finish yeah. every game. I just, I got lucky uh, this year. If I go through really, really quick, uh, the year started with Dragon Quest Eight, and before Dragon Quest Eight, I was lucky enough that right after the holiday last year, I started uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, and I polished that completely off. So I was really happy about that that i managed to get you know the like it was a great way to start the year and then there was the legend of zelda breath of the wild we had super Bomberman r and yeah maybe i only put five hours into that game and for the price that i paid for it which was 74 canadian with taxes and everything that's like insane but i still had fun with it you know yeah um i i even replayed i am satsuna uh, Blaster Master Zero, and now here we are. There may have been a few other things that I played from like uh, last year that I had. I I believe mm. there was another RPG I played, but whatever. And so now I'm looking ahead, and I'm like, okay, well, right now for like the next month, let's say May, we basically, well, we, I basically am interested in three games. Now I'm curious how to proceed here. Okay. So. There's Puyo Puyo Tetris, which I already have. That already came in, and I was very perplexed because it came in a cardboard box. I was like, what the hell? What? Instead of the... Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's 
the real game is inside the box. It's got uh, here. Let me just open it. It has, it has some like there's two keychains that came with it. Which oh. I'm like, okay. Is that uh, like an Amazon pre-order? I yeah, it must be. It must be. Well, like I pre-ordered it from from Amazon, so yes. Uh, I guess it's a, some sort a, of a bonus or thing. something. Yeah. yeah. But when it came in a box, I didn't know. I had no idea. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> that is so, weird. What I'm debating right now um, is, like I said, I already I picked up Mario Kart 8 yesterday because I was like, you know what? I really want to, like I told you, I want to I want to get into this. I want to I want to have fun with this, and I want to alternate between those two games. The only problem is, and I have not purchased this, uh, is Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Mm. Now, why I'm interested in that, just as a whole, I never even played the first one for god's sakes i oh, just wow. never had yeah i never had a chance uh, oh wow it came i thought, in I thought he played it yeah nope oh. i picked up the um the collector's edition of that and steven was like you're an idiot <laughs> but uh when it comes to dragon quest i like to support the series so this yes. is why i'm kind of i'm i'm like almost at an impasse here because yes. i'm like i i want to buy it but i'm fairly certain i will not play it yeah, which is unfortunate. It's, it's just like, I don't know, maybe it's the, uh, what's turning you off uh, in specific? Is it the genre of the game itself because it's like, like Dynasty Warriors? Or? No, not at all. Not at all. The, the truth, it's my life right now. If okay. that game was on the Switch, I would be playing that okay. and Mario okay. Kart would probably get ditched. Only because I love Dragon Quest. <laughs> well, it makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah, But yeah. because I have to play it on the TV... Mm. Then that means I will most likely play it once a week, which and is not enough for you to get th- to completion by the time. Th- yeah. That's that's right, exactly. Yeah. So with Puyo Puyo uh, Tetris and Mario Kart, I know I can play whenever the hell I want. You know, like I can as soon as we're done this podcast, I can just go grab the thing as I, I make my way to an appointment I have, and grab my Switch, and I can get in. You know, I can get in a few laps of uh, Mario Kart, or I can get in a few games of Puyo Puyo Tetris. So uh, that's why I'm like, I haven't purchased it. And I don't think I'm going to, which is like, but I want to because I want to support the series because I yeah. want Dragon Quest yeah. Eleven to get released here. So yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like you're, you're on one hand, you're trying to follow the, the mantra that you're like, I'm not going to buy things that I'm not going to. Uh, play, but at the same time, this is Dragon Quest. It's an exception. I just want to support it. I did the same with the series, even though I'm not a huge fan. I, I, I bought uh, Eight for the iOS on the fly, just because I would just want to support it, and I didn't play Eight as much on the iPhone. So I understand where you're coming from. So that's it. So I don't know what I'm going to do with yeah. that. And then, and then, then there's also uh, on May, like I think in a few days, the Trails of the Sky Three is coming out for Steam. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't yeah. even play the first two yet. I'm really, yeah. really interested in that. Yeah, I, I those two. I I played the first. Two, but I've heard that the third one. I actually, hey, that's funny you mentioned that. Um, at the time we're recording this on Wednesday, I have a review going up for Trails in the Sky, which okay. is kind of funny. Nice. Uh, yeah, and what I was planning on doing was actually reviewing Trails in the Sky two the following week, and then potentially Trails in the Sky three the next week. The thing is, there's no chance in hell yeah. I will be able to. To do that, like I just won't be able to. Yeah, uh, to ever since. It. Yeah, since also they're skipping on the PSP release for obvious That's reasons. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I mentioned in my review, I was like, "How cool would that have been?" Like that would have been just uh, just from from like uh, I don't want to say a collector standpoint, but just like a gaming enthusiast, how yeah. funny yeah. would that have been? Because the last release on the PSP that I know of was in 2015. Which was, um, oh, what is it called? Summon, Summon Night 5. Night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I got that just because it's like a limited thing. Well, I, yeah. I had to get that because I was like, how, that's wild, yeah. you know, like yeah. so many years after. And now Gaijin Works, the same guys that made that game, are um, trying, and I don't think it's going to happen, but they were trying to get a UMD release of Class of Heroes 3 to be released this year. Oh, wow. 
I, yeah. I I remember reading something about that. I don't know if you talked to me about it or I read their like blog or Twitter that they were talking about uh, printing the UMDs is going to be very difficult because Sony like backlogged it in some sort of factory or something of that sort. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's why I mean, um, what's his name? Victor Ireland basically is like he does not think that's going to happen. So it looks like. For all intents and purposes, that Summon Night 5 will be the very last UMD ever made for the PSP. And it's still, that's unbelievably impressive. Yeah, it's still a badge of honor, but definitely. This, this dude, exactly. he's been doing it since, like, uh, what's the name of the company for the, for the Sega Saturn? He's been trying to, like, push for physical RPG releases that are niche. Yeah, he, he was working yeah. designs. Working like, designs, yeah, yeah. And I just, I respect the hell out of him, you know, because he's... No, me trying, too. Yeah. I mean, without working designs, we would not have yeah, Collector's had. editions. Yeah. Collector's editions, you would not have Exceed, you would not have NIS America, you would not have, you know, like all these yeah. other companies sort of branched out from what that guy did with working designs. It's quite, it's quite amazing. And I'm looking in May here, and there's two games. There's the game that Steven was yelling at me about uh, with Ultra Street Fighter 2. And I have to find out about that. I keep telling him that because I, I mentioned in the last podcast that I want to pick that up, uh, if anything, just for review purposes. And then he's like, oh, there's old Jared speaking, that monster. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw but, it in the comments, yeah. But what's funny is I, I, I may actually have that coming to me so i need to i actually need to take a look at that because i checked through amazon i don't actually have that pre-ordered so if i was interested in that i'm pretty sure i would have pre-ordered that so i i I don't recall because i I, he said that you told me that a friend was buying it for you so i actually have to find out (laughs) if that's exactly what's happening or not Uh, but the big thing in may for me um, is on may 19th which is fire emblem echoes shadows of valentia yeah, I'm I'm also like really interested in that, but uh judging by how things are going with me in gaming, I don't I don't think I'll get it first day. Uh, I I might wait for like a sale sometime later cuz I didn't even get the previous Fire Emblem's Birthright and Conquest. I didn't get time to 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 go through those, so No, well but, then that's it. But that's smart, man. Then yeah. then you're being wise. Yeah. And and that's why, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, I've got Puyo Puyo Tetris and now I've got Mario Kart 8. So, you know, if I can devote a solid week or two to those games, that might be it. You know what I mean? Like, I might be good. I might feel good and be like, well, I'm having fun. And um, Fire Emblem Echoes, just given its very nature... I'll be able to take with me as well, so there's nothing really stopping me from playing both of these games almost simultaneously. And then that takes me all the way into June, and then there's nothing really in June at all. You know, like might might catch up with the earlier releases. That would be a nice idea. Yeah, exactly. And then I mean, July there's two big things for me, um, and then I'm going to stop talking about calendars releases. But um, I figured this was something. That I'm looking forward to, which yeah. is uh, I want to go and revisit uh, Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Mm, I pre-ordered yeah. that. Me too. The, the thing is, I've got to be able to finish it. And remember, with the television and things, but mind you, it might slow down my schedule in the summer. But July 29th, I've already booked off two weeks of work. For Dragon we, Quest. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, with, yeah. Probably with Final Fantasy too is that you know twelve is like overwhelming. Like you get it's a completionist nightmare. <laughs> like yes, this. it is. There will be no no completing. That's for yeah. damn sure. Not yeah. not in the limited time that I that I had. The other thing that that I've been struggling with personally, I don't know if you've uh, run into the same situ- situation. I'm getting backlog from Kickstarters that I supported. I'm two in particular that are in my backlog, and I want to play after finishing Zelda. Are ukulele and uh, cosmic star heroine uh, both i just I, I already got the codes for both uh, uh props to them for like releasing them uh i think uh cosmic star heroine the guys who are like they're from zboard games and they made like uh, nice classic rpgs um it's they had issues with uh the psn release because uh, the guys in europe were not like uh uh, responsive with them. They released an earlier version and it was buggy and broken, so they had like a, a struggling release with the PS4, but they got everything wor- in working order now. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm gonna, I really wanna play both. I, I'm interested because, you know, Ukulele is like Banjo Kazooie, the, the mm-hmm. collectathon, and Cosmic Star Hero Ryan, everybody's saying is the, like, the best thing since Chrono Trigger. It has the, lots of 
classic vibes from the RPGs of the Sega CD and the Super Nintendo. I don't know if you're interested in that. Yep, yep. I'm interested in all of yeah, these things, yeah. but it's it's do we yeah. have the time yeah, to actually yeah. do this? Ukulele is one that I really want your opinion on before I even before I even contemplate. Yeah, um, it's, playing it's, devi- it. it's divisive currently. So I, I'm I'm curious whether where in which end of the spectrum that I'm going to be. At. Is it like really really archaic, uh, like com- classic to a fault, or does it actually improve uh, upon Banjo Tui? I don't know. Well, that's it. That's yeah. what I really want. I like. I'm waiting for your opinion. Basically, will do. Hopefully, I get to it. <laughs> so, for all of you guys today, we didn't really have any special topic or anything. We really wanted to just have a show where we just yak, you know. And I'm gonna put together a whole bunch of different. Uh, I, they're not really topics. It's more like news items and stuff like that that we could have a little bit of a discussion on and. Because Steven was always so fake and he liked, you know, having his <laughs> topics and stuff like that, I thought this might actually be a, like a, a breath of fresh air. So we're going to just list off a few things and uh, we'll tell you what we think of them. Now, always keep in mind, we are recording this a week in the past. So when you guys hear this, as I said last time in the podcast, if, you know, if like the PlayStation 17 gets announced, well, obviously we are not going to be able to talk about that. If there's anything truly groundbreaking that happens, I would most likely, you know, whip up a, a very quick vlog mm. or I, I'd, I'd contact you and I'd ask, I'd say, hey, you have any free time to, you know, to talk about this, talk that, about or the this. other thing? Yeah, that's, I a good way to uh, move on or move, uh, move to the like exclusive real good topics. You're right. So you had mentioned Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. What exactly did you want to talk about that? Um, what interested me is obviously for me as a, as a huge fan of the Mega Man X series, I, I, I like that they're focusing on X and they put Sigma in the center of like the storyline of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, in which Sigma is combining combining with Ultron, is it becomes Sigma Ultron, Ultron Sigma. I found that really fascinating. Like they're putting like pushing. X now into this and uh, I, I I find it funny that a lot of fans are like saying oh they're tre- treating X very badly because he's being beat in the trailer I'm like what is this are you guys being really really picky like okay the, at least X is back so that's really nice that they're like bringing back some of their backlog the other thing is I, I watched like some gameplay footage after the storyline trailer and I've seen like Im- various impressions being put and I found it interesting that Capcom is taking like sort of a minimalistic route with the next iteration. They're not com- complicating the current formula. They're actually making it more simplified in ways because uh, I-, I did read this and I found it to be like true. I don't know if you could like chime in on this. Is there's since from Marvel vs. Capcom 3, the, back then when it was released, I don't know when, there was enough like focus on like the Marvel universe and Marvel movies, like the, the, the franchises. We're not like in, in, uh, front line yet, but since then we've got like many movies right now and like Marvel is a thing for, uh, people even who are not like interested in like uh, hardcore fighting games, like even fa- like fans who just like the movies. So in order to have them access Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, they had to simplify the gameplay a bit. So instead of like putting light and heavy and medium attacks, like three, three button, three button, they, they made it light and heavy. Like just only two buttons and you could easily like get an air combo. You know how Marvel vs. Capcom is very crazy with these things and uh, yeah. I didn't even have to put like, I, I can't wrap my head around uh, the third one. I, I managed to get like quite good in it, but not like super expert. So I, I found it like, uh, when they were explaining how they simplified the button layout, but in the same time kept some complexities in terms of uh, I don't know if you've seen the Infinity Stones power, so like yep, you yep. could you could pick a, a stone and each stone has like their speed and there's uh, time and there's power and you could activate it in a certain time in your uh, at any time of the uh, the match and uh, you could build meter on that and basically you get this power like a space for example you contain somebody in, in a in a small confinement and put it in combos. Uh, so I found the like balance between keeping things simple and putting in complexities for uh, hardcore fans uh, a very nice. Like, I hope they get that balance right. Well, it's funny that you mentioned this particular game because it's it's a series that I used to really like. Steven actually bought me 
uh, what was it, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, or was it Marvel vs. Capcom 3, or was it both? I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> because he wanted someone to play with. And he, he actually, he was getting fairly, fairly decent at it. And I recall I, that, like, we played a couple of matches, and he was like, holy crap, he's like, you're already getting, like, like not bad at this and he had been playing for like you know i, I forget like maybe a month at that point maybe mm, a couple mm. i don't know but for a certain time but that's just because you know you have experience with playing fighting games that you know there there's certain fundamentals that most of the fighting games share but yeah. i actually have not paid any attention to be really honest I, I have not paid any gameplay attention other than the few things that i've i've you know just happened to stumble upon like you said uh, with the infinity stones well, that I've seen, but I'm curious exactly how that works because I I can't for the life of me remember which game it was. If it was Marvel Superheroes or if it was X-Men Children of the Atom, I don't remember which one it is that introduced Infinity Stones and you could actually like knock off your opponent's Infinity Stones, steal their Infinity Stone, and then gain whatever power-up that was. So that's kind of interesting. I'm curious to see to see more about that. And I don't understand why fans are complaining about X at all. Like they should basically Mega Man as a whole, if he appears in anything, people should just shut up and be like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, like I absolutely agree. We are not in a position to complain about anything that uh, Capcom does with Mega Man at this point, other than the fact that, you know, it looks like he's he's basically been ditched. But, hey, did you hear, speaking of this, I'll come back to this in just a sec. Okay. Did you hear the uh, the rumor there saying that in Korea, the ratings board had uh, listed Mega Man Legacy Collection 2? Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And that would include what? Until 10? Yeah, 7, 8, 9, 10. Hmm, I'm not really like keen towards that because I nine and ten are fresh in my mind. I don't know what else they would add. And seven, uh, I love seven. A lot of people like are divided towards seven, but I actually enjoyed it when I played it back in the day. Eight, I hated personally. So I'm not. I don't know. I'm not keen towards that collection. I want an X collection, man. Mega Man yeah, X collection. Exactly. And I, that's funny you you say that. That's very funny you say that because that those games I have not played in for. Ever the X games, the Mega Man's I have, but not not X. X, I, it's been my lord. It oh has my. been a very very long time since I played those. But going back to uh, Marvel versus Capcom, um, something else that I thought was very very interesting from some of the trailers I've seen and and all of this, I completely understand where Capcom is going, and a lot of fans need to sort of understand this and it was funny because i was watching a video uh by by pixel dan and he was talking about masters of the universe uh it's he-man if you don't know depending on your age um and they're making a movie well okay they're making a movie oh yeah the sony released a a release date for the Masters of the Universe live action film, and it's something like December 2019 or something like that. Oh wow! And and I, I it's all BS is what I call because that particular movie has been in limbo for like over a decade. So yeah, I don't see that ever happening. But mm-hmm. that's not what what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is the fact that, like for me as a fan who grew up with that in the 80s, I completely understand that the movie, if it does get made, will be something different. You know, they have to introduce that property to a new yeah. generation of of movie watcher. So that includes children. It's sort of like Transformers. People love bashing Transformers, the movies. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, like Michael Bay, it's always just explosions mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. and that. But what people fail to realize is that you number one is you can't please everyone. Number two is that you have to make a movie that will appeal to that younger audience as well so that as they grow up, they like that property and they will take their kids to that property and so on and so forth. And uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is another one. Yes. Very successful at reinventing itself time and time and time again in order to keep the property popular. And and this goes into uh, Marvel versus Capcom because it's the same thing. They can't always keep it 
the way we like or the way we remember it or, or things like that because they have to introduce new people to these franchises or as we get older and eventually stop gaming or even if we don't stop gaming, we are getting older and they need to introduce new people to these particular series. And I'm going to be fascinated to hear what people say in the comments because if people disagree with me, that's fine. But much like The Legend of Zelda, regardless of what people think of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, that needed to happen. They yeah. absolutely need to mix up the formula of some of these classic games because otherwise, you know, if you're not appealing to new blood, eventually that old blood dies and you're left with nothing. So I, I actually, I appreciate what Capcom and Marvel are doing. And Marvel's in such a position now that they can really dictate to Capcom, you know, we don't want this to be yes. ridiculous and exactly. we don't want, and, and I understand that. I mean, I completely understand that, that they want to get the people, the, the younger audience that are going into Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, uh, the ones that are, can't wait for, um, what is it, Avengers, Infinity War. And they want to be able to say, well, look, we, we have this game. It's not overly complicated. I mean, it, it can get deep, but it, it's really, it's approachable. And I think it's a really, really smart move that they're doing. Uh, we'll see if it's successful or not. And I also really like the idea that Capcom and Marvel are really emphasizing that team aspect mm. between Capcom and Marvel. Just like you said with Sigma and Ultron, I think that's actually a really unique way to approach this particular series. So I'm actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens here, whether or not I purchase it. That's a whole other story that will depend again on time and this and that and everything else. But I am very interested to hear people's opinion of, of how this actually plays, not just the hardcore, but people that potentially pick up the controller for the first time with this game. Yeah. And <laughs> also I, um, maybe another thing that the, the, success, the success of this game would depend on is how Capcom handles it in terms like of, of a fighting like community and, and bringing in new people because there are still a lot of fans that feed the uh, sales and interest of like fighting games even though they're trying to like gain in more audience or like a newer audience from the fans of the Marvel movies only. It's just that people already have a bad taste with Street Fighter V. Uh, yeah. and how they handled things. They're doing well now in terms of like catering to just the hardcore fighting game community and uh, community and uh, tournament scene. That's really cool. But sales judge and also like word of mouth, I, even me, like even you, you, you've talked about this before that Street Fighter Five. like I'm, we're not going to be going back to that anytime soon because it was just like handled poorly. Mm -hmm. Uh, and same thing with Marvel vs. Capcom 3, the original version. Like, they were planning to add, like, uh, characters in the long run, but they scrapped all that and made Ultimate, like, barely a year later. And yep. people who bought Marvel vs. Capcom 3 were disappointed. Like, okay, I, I bought this game and now you're not supporting it anymore. I have to buy a new version. What is this? This is not, like, 1996 anymore, you know? So. Yeah, no, exactly. Absolutely. And, and it, I think it's going to be very interesting, exactly like for all the reasons you say. I, I think it's going to be very, very neat to see what what happens moving forward with this particular game. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yep, yep. I, I hope, I really do hope that Capcom can strike gold with this because I want to see a lot of these characters return. And and we could go on about this for a long time yeah. because there's there's the whole X-Men cast, where are they, where, mm -hmm. you know, like there, there's tons and tons of stuff. But yeah. I think as the game comes closer to release, it'll be interesting to follow up with this and see just what happens. Yep, looking forward to it. Okay, so next on our list of doom is Call of Duty. What is it actually called? Do you know? Is it is it called Call of Duty World War Two or WW Two? I think WW Two because that's how they're like spelling it out. You know. Okay. Yeah, I think so. so. What What did you want to uh, mention with this particular bad boy? Uh, it's uh, not much. They just showed like a small teaser of what's it gonna be. Obviously, the big tagline is returning to the old era of World War II shooters. Um, it's funny that uh, Call of Duty was once a instigator or once a leader in like doing like new things, but now like everybody's thinking like, okay, Battlefield already did that with Battlefield One. They're going. They went back to the World War One and they did it successfully. So now 
uh, the uh, Infinity, uh, not, uh, not Infinity Ward, like Activision is following suit, but a bit like I don't know if it's two years too late. When I, I don't, I can't tell. But at the same time, when uh, the developers are Sledgehammer games, they're not like the heart. They're not uh, Treyarch or Infinity Ward, which hand, which they were the ones that were mostly handling the the main bulk of the Cold of Duty games, and then Sledgehammer was added into the mix with I think Infinite Warfare. I can't like now. I can't tell. I just you know the thing with Call of Duty is unfortunately I've like lost touch with the series ever since they started churning them year after year. Yeah. The last one I really played and loved was Black Ops, the original one. I really got addicted to that, and then it started you know I started to like phase out from it because it's it's been the same every year. Like they're only getting more advanced and more advanced and more advanced, and uh, maybe the World War Two aspect will get me back to. Like get me back interested again to the series, but at the same time, uh, Sledgehammer like hasn't they haven't proven their worth yet. But what I've seen with the reveal stream that they seem to be very passionate about making things authentic. But at the same time, like how authentic how authentic you could be uh, if you're like holding like one point. They they're saying that you could play like from multiple points of view or multiple countries. Uh, Battlefield One did it well. I, I I did read about like how well they represented each country. But with Call of Duty, they always represent like the USA most. Yep. I, I hope they don't do that. They don't go towards that like this USA centric thing. Not no offense to your US fans. Not it's nothing that it's just like we've. We've seen that a lot. I would like be curious to play as another country, like in the campaign or in the, even the multiplayer. They're hinting on that, but we're still not quite sure. Yeah, I hope so. I think uh, I think that could be um, that could be interesting. I I have not played a Call of Duty man in pff, yeah. my yeah. goodness. I think it was like Black Ops. Yeah, was, same. Uh, was the last. Oh, and I just uh, got a notification that the pre-orders will be going live for the one of the next topics we're going to talk oh, nice. about. So. Nice. All right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I really, honestly, this is one thing where I do not have much I can add. And mm. it's because I, I really lost interest with this yeah. like a long time ago now where... It's it's kind of sad, you know, like when when franchises get milked to death like this, and it's still but, selling. So that's that's the weird thing about it. Maybe not as much as before, but they're still selling. So maybe that's why they're going with the year after year type thing. But oh I've well, got, yeah, absolutely. I'm mean, gonna desensitize. Sure. I really gotta desensitize with yeah. the yearly releases. No, me too. I like uh, I'm I'm done. Like I'm totally done. Um, I'm just stalling for time. Because I am trying... Breaking news. <laughs> well, no, not breaking news. I'm just okay. trying to... Um, I'm trying to fix something. So you're going to hear click, 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 click in the podcast. But it's going to be worth it. I assure you. Um, all right. So the next thing... Why don't you tell us a little bit, if you have the information, if you don't, okay. I, I do have it. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the new Nintendo 2DS XL? Well, uh, on one hand, that surprised the hell out of me, that announcement. Uh, but on the other hand, when you look at the Nintendo trends with the end of life, like uh, uh, hardware revisions, they tend to do that a lot, especially with the handhelds. So basically, just in the quick tagline summary thing, basically it's the new Nintendo 3DS XL without the 2D feature. That's that's all you need to know. And it's pri- it's priced obviously cheaper with the entry point of uh, 149.99 was 150 US dollars. I like the fact that it's half the entry point of the Nintendo Switch, so that's really cool like they could get people incentivized and people who haven't gotten to the 3DS line yet. This is a perfect way to start, especially since they're releasing it with it coincides with a lot of like uh, game releases. I think Metopia and Hey Pikmin on yep. I, I can't tell I can't remember the release date is july 21st 28th 28th so uh, like uh, a lot of people would say this is like a useless system but at the same time it's nintendo is known for like extending the shelf life of their handheld systems they did it with the game boy micro they did it with the nintendo ds so it's it's a it's a product and it's a it's a logical business move. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, people who I think it's only for people who haven't gotten the new 3DS line, which is a more powerful line than the 3DS line, or people who haven't gotten to the uh, 3DS uh, family yet. So good stuff, all in all. What I look at, truly, if if I may, mm-hmm. okay, sure. I look at this that 
it's basically the 3DS's price drop. Really? Hmm. Like, that's the way I see this, because With, it's the exact same hmm. machine, except yeah. that there's no 3D. Yeah. And, and like, okay, I'm going to ask you a serious question. When Go is ahead. the last time you used the 3D on your 3DS? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe I would say the last time I play it, I do I do use it often just out of curiosity's sake. Uh, I'm not the type that I get annoyed by it, but I don't like the very high setting. I, I like putting it on low and medium, just out of curiosity, but it's nothing mind-blowing for me. Yeah, but the question is, do you actually play, like, do you just check, or do you actually no, play? No, I, I keep it on. Oh, okay, well, there yeah. you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because for me... The last time I did that was, I believe, a link between worlds. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Like I have, I, and it's not because I didn't enjoy it. That's the funniest thing. Mm. It's I'm not one of these that I'm. Like, oh, it was garbage, man, or anything like that. No, <laughs> not not at all. I like the I actually, I, I actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed it. It's just mm. that for whatever reason, I just was like, okay, like I'm I'm good. I I don't I don't need. To, to have this in 3D, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, it was just one of those things. So, uh, to me, I look at it, I truly do. I look at this that this is basically Nintendo dropping the price of the 3DS. It's at its yeah. end of life right now, and yeah. this is very normal yeah. for Nintendo. Um, I was very surprised by the Twitter reaction. Uh, a lot of people being like, oh my goodness, this means the Switch is dead. Uh, like, <laughs> Nintendo has no, like, faith oh in my it. God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you people are daft. <laughs> like, it's, it's a different product entirely. It's a different entry point. So not all people have 300 for Switch. Exactly. And, and I'm just, I, I'm perplexed because it, it was like Nintendo fans saying this too. And I'm like, well, you must have been a Nintendo fan for like the last 20 minutes because Nintendo has done this <laughs> since they've been a company. The all dawn the of way, time. Yeah. yeah, all the way the original NES got its dog bone release after the Super Nintendo was out. Yep. And so the, ga- like, the Game Boy as well, they got like the Game Boy, was it the Game Boy Pocket was the last one they, they made uh, after they before doing the color? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, so we there was Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color... Um, and then you had like all the different revisions of the Game Boy Advance, yeah. all the way down to what was it? Game Boy Micro, I think, was yeah. the last one they did. That was a cute one, uh, even that though I didn't play it much, one. but it was a cute product. <laughs> yeah, if I ever like have room, I would like to actually display. I have a Famicom variant of that. Nice. I think I do have one too. <laughs> I, <laughs> you see, I, somewhere, is... somewhere in my like stock, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Somewhere. Yeah. So uh, okay. So staying on the on the Nintendo uh, front for just now, um, I thought it was interesting. Nintendo had their financial uh, report. I'm not going to go into all the details of all of it. The the most important thing that I really wanted to discuss, um, and Stephen will probably yell at me. Because I didn't mention Pokemon selling 276 million units or whatever it was. Um, and it is funny. I'll, I'll give, I'll give him that. It is bizarre. Like, I believe, I believe they sold 16 million units combined for Sun and Moon. I, I might be off. I don't hmm. have the figures in front of me, but no one mentions that. And yeah, I, 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 actually, this is the first time I hear of it. So exactly. Yeah. And it, it's really funny. Because, like, he always jokes and says, well, he's actually not really joking, but he's like, if that was Sony, they would send out a press release every two days to, you know, like, high five yeah. and say, celebrating. Like, yeah, celebrating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and he's not wrong. He really is not wrong about that. That, that is an unbelievable uh, milestone to have, especially yeah. this late in, in, the, in the game. In, yeah. 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 So, very, very impressive stuff there. But what I wanted to talk about, just ever so briefly, was the fact that Switch worldwide sales are now at 2.74 million. And I think that's actually a very good start. Nah. Yeah, it's really, really good. Not bad at all. No, Hopefully exactly. they keep Especially, up the pace. Yeah, that's the thing. See, that's the thing. That's what I wanted to comment on, was the fact that it's going to be very, very critical now that they don't just rest on their laurels and just do nothing here. They need to make sure that they keep 
this going and and you know release the games that people are asking for figure out what the hell is going on with uh, third parties with stuff like the the I was going to say DuckTales but with the Disney Afternoon uh yeah. collection stuff like that like that that cannot continue that sort of stuff for logical games that should be very easy to be ported over you need to have those games day one and you mentioned it last time that I really really liked was the fact that, you know, if you don't have them early or at the same time, no one is going to buy it. And that's absolutely right. If if they release, say, like the Disney Afternoon Collection um, after E3, well, come on. Like the sales, what, what kind of sales do you really expect at that point in time? It's been months after the game uh, has already been released, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. The only thing that I found funny with the... Uh, they talked about how the attachment rate is with terms of Zelda Breath of the Wild with that sales. It's yep. over 100%. That is insane. Yeah, and, and that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. I think, it's- I think what we're looking at there is the realistic attachment rate is probably somewhere in the 90s. Hmm. And so if people listening going, what do you mean? Uh, because hear me out. I okay. think there's a lot of people that have bought the game that cannot find a switch. Mm. You know what I okay. mean? Like you, you just, you wanted the game so bad or whatever. And you just, you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I have to have it, have to have it. Um, maybe, maybe it, it, the reality is yes, you know, it is definitely at a hundred percent, but I'm not sure because I actually know two people who own a switch that don't own Zelda. Okay. Um, so can't be a hundred percent, but I, I honestly think, <laughs> It's it's something like that. I think it's something to the effect that there's a lot of people that went out and were super, super stoked or their parents bought or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and they just have not been able to get the system yet uh, because it's actually it's yeah, it's over 100 percent. And I don't think that has ever happened anything before. in any game ever. <laughs> no, Exactly. And, and I look at that. that that's a, that's phenomenal. Like that. Yeah. That's a great sign. If it's yeah. if it's what I'm saying where. Well, it has to be what I'm saying, because why would someone buy two copies? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, now it's like, OK, well, now, guys, we we've, we've got to manufacture these things, you know, like we've got to get them out there. We have to be aggressive with this. We're going to sell, you know, 15 million units over the next like, you know, year or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they they just keep going, and I'm really hoping that they start to flesh out certain things. I'm getting a little concerned with the uh, virtual console because with the comments that are being made by Reggie and others, it sure sounds like this could be pushed all the way to 2018. Wow! Why? Yeah, that's weird. That's, that is yeah, a weird strategy. That that is a very weird strategy, yeah. and and I I really hope at E3 that they they announce it as available today you know what i mean like don't don't push this off like this this is the sort of thing that can easily tide people over while you're working on your next big games and i'm also really concerned that mario is never gonna hit this year but we'll see man if if it doesn't hit this year they better have it like a virtual console robust like a robust uh, library and replacements just at least type people over you know if they don't have that and don't have mario it's going to be a really big issue and i'm just funny that they're not seeing this as a selling point uh and i don't know if they're thinking like a, a very archaic type of thinking is that they're still if you notice they're still releasing weekly virtual console games for the wii u so if they start releasing it for the Switch, that kills off the Wii U, but that doesn't make any sense since they killed it off in the first place, you know? I don't know. No, no, exactly. Like, yeah. the whole thing, I think it's just hot hot air, you know? Like, I think they're just saying this uh, to to shut us all up. I, I, think, I think that's exactly what's going to happen, that at E3, they're going to announce it, they're going to show a few things, and then the surprise announcement will be that it's available today. Yeah. And, like, you know, the firmware update will go live whenever. That'll be cool. I like that. That'll, that'll be a really cool announcement, actually, if they pull that off. Hey, speaking yeah. of E3, that's going to have to be our topic of the show in a couple of weeks. We nice. can't forget that. Yeah, we cannot yeah. forget that because we have, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, Ahmed here is, he's got a little bit of uh, ESP, so his <laughs> predictions are usually like spot on and I love, I l- used, I miss this. Yeah, we like, used to do it a lot, I remember. Yeah, and it was great. It was really, yeah. really fun because he would say these like outlandish things and you'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then they come true and you're like, what? <laughs> like, how did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, okay, we should so, definitely dedicate an episode to that. Yeah, something. Oh yeah, for sure. Weeks. 
for sure, for sure. And it's going to be super exciting, too. Okay, so very quickly for me, this is basically news for Jared and Jared alone. I don't think anybody else, well, maybe not no one else, but it's not really going to affect too many people. So, uh, in celebration of Dragon Quest XI, Square Enix and Sony, and Square Enix and Nintendo, simultaneously announced two new pieces of hardware. So, we'll start with the PlayStation 4. They announced a brand new, it's essentially, uh, what in North America would be called the Erdrick uh, PlayStation 4 deluxe model or some bs like that so basically what it is if you haven't seen pictures of it it's really i personally it's right up my alley it screams dragon quest it's a blue console that's got the uh, loto uh, or roto depending on how you pronounce it uh, logo on it it's got a, a metallic slime usb cover it's got it, it's just it screams screams Dragon Quest. But here's the thing that I thought was fascinating with this. And it makes sense. It really does. The PS4 is not a pro model. It is the standard model. It comes with a one terabyte hard drive. You also get a uh, Dragon Quest 11 themed DualShock 4. You get a physical copy of Dragon Quest 11 in search of departed time. <laughs> and you get the uh, two pre-order bonuses, which is the Vest of Happiness and the Upstart Vest. Or the Vest of... I forget what the other one... Anyway, oh. whatever. Basically, one of the vests, as you as you defeat enemies, you get more gold. And the other vest is, as you defeat enemies, you gain more experience. That is a very, very, very classic pre-order thing to do for Dragon Quest in Japan. Uh, it's basically started more or less with uh, Dragon Quest X. They had a lot of uh, different things as the series particularly, uh, well, series, as that game evolved. Like now you have the experience cap and things like that. But that, that is a very Dragon Quest type of thing to do. Um, okay, I already mentioned the liquid metal slime gold USB cover. Uh, you also get a very nice PS4 theme download that's exclusive to this hardware set that looks bloody awesome. It's basically Erdrick Sword, and you can see like flames and stuff, and it's beautiful artwork. You get all of the cables and printed, you know, like stuff. And now here's, this is interesting. I hope you guys can recall this for what I'm going to tell you here. So the price is 39,980 yen, which loosely, um, gives you 350 US dollars. Okay. Not, not too bad. No, not too bad. Honestly, not too bad. Now, yeah. unfortunately for people like me that, uh, I, I won't lie, I am genuinely interested in these two pieces of hardware, uh, but it's extremely limited. And I hate when they do that. So this yeah. is essentially Final Fantasy 15 Deluxe Edition or whatever the hell it was called all over again. Mm. You know, where like yeah, yeah. this and, and the pre-orders went on sale today and they're already gone everywhere. So I'm like, oh, well, I, so much for that. Here goes eBay where, you know, 1200 US dollars. Like, yeah, forget it. There's no chance in hell yeah. I am buying either of these from eBay. No chance. Yeah. And well, for the plus five, you already have the limited edition for the, 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 that bundle, two, two games together. That's at least something to be exactly. Proud of. Exactly. I'm very happy that I, I scored that. Um, so the other piece of hardware is a new 2DS XL. Uh, so I think that is actually why Nintendo made the announcement when they did, because mm. it like coincided with this announcement, and this system looks sick. It is a liquid metal slime-themed Nintendo new 2DS XL, and it actually, like, the slime, the metal slime, uh, liquid slime, rather, uh, comes out of the top of yeah, the screen. Yeah, I love so actually, that. I love that. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah, like... <laughs> Awesome, dude. Awesome. I was like, oh man, I, I have to get this. Like, I'm like, this, this is <laughs> wicked. Um, so it too comes with a physical copy of Dragon Quest 11. Uh, it also comes with a download code for uh, the Vest of Happiness and the Upstart Vest. Mm. Uh, you also get a Liquid Metal Slime 3DS theme, which is exclusive to that. So it changes the dashboard and all that. Um, and that too looks really nice. It's more simple, obviously, but it, it still looks quite nice. And now this is what I thought was interesting. And it's relatively price wise, it's not bad. It's 22,480 yen or loosely 199 US. Mm. Okay. Not bad at all. That, that's appropriate. 
Yeah, it is. So yeah. I went on Amazon and I wanted to do a little pre-order and naturally, because Amazon actually had it pre-ordered available prior to, uh, to the, the, the pre-order launch, which I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell? That was weird. But, um, and uh, naturally they don't ship to Canada. So I was like, you suck. Oh, so, come on. That, yeah. So nah. I was like, oh man, because import shops, they're already warning that, listen to this, the, the PS4, and it's a standard PS4, right? It's going to be 650 US dollars. Oh wow. That yep. is insane. And the 2DS is going to be, um, <clears throat> about 400 US dollars. That's double. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, like, yeah, that's expected, obviously. Yeah, but I won't do that. I won't. Not not no. at those prices. No way. That's no, no. that's no, not, not worth it. it. Really not. Like, yeah. if I could get it for like you know, fifty to eighty dollars more, like I, I I'm willing to pay a premium of like fifty to eighty bucks, but not more than that. That's that's way too much. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just it's unfortunate that I wonder why they don't ship to Canada. Maybe it's like something with the logistics of uh, being in the hardware system. And I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know because they games they do. So you mm. could order games from uh, Amazon Japan, and you will get now not all. You have to be careful there. Some yes, some no. But it's still it's very disappointing. I was like, oh man, because that would have been really special for a guy like me that loves like the series. It would have been really really cool, but. Pfft. Whatever. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, well. So, <laughs> PS4 time. Last little thing before we wrap this up and I finally go get some lunch because I'm starving. <laughs> the PlayStation 4, it has been announced that it has shipped, I say that again, shipped more than 60 million units. And Sony expects um, 18 million units to be sold, sold, not shipped, sold, by April 2018. Now, I thought this was interesting, so I did a little digging. Because I was like, this is the very first time Sony has said shipped and not sold in an updated uh, sort of sales figure, shipment figure, whatever. So I found out why that is. They announced in January, the first week of January, back from the holidays, that 53.7 million PS4s were sold to consumers. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, it, it's understandable why, if you just look, because it was like, I think it was the second week of January mm-hmm. or something like that when they made that announcement. So that would give them, you know, basically February and March, you know, and, and, and most of April. And I understand that. That's the slowest time in the gaming industry for sales. Mm. So mm. I'm like, I, I bet you they're close to 60 million sold but not quite there and since they had their investor call i was like okay for sure they're going to be at at 60 million shipped and it's actually over 60 million so i said okay that actually makes sense why they did that for this particular time because it's not as you know it's not impressive it's like oh it's 58.9 million you know yeah i'm I'm curious i'm curious uh, does the does that include figures for the PS4 Pro, or do you have anything separate for that? Okay, I'm really curious that, about the sales. That's the funny thing. That's all they mention. They hmm. don't do a breakdown or anything. I, personally, I, I, I tend to believe that the PS4 Pro was a, just a colossal failure. Because they didn't talk about any sales I've, since it's been released, so I'm, I'm exactly. quite curious. of yeah. No, exactly. How, how well did it do? I don't think it did well at all. And you're noticing that more and more and more. Well, it's not more and more. I don't think there has ever been a special edition system for the PS4 Pro. No, you're right. And there, and uh, you know the Japanese uh, gaming community. If they would have released Dragon Quest XI, like that special console, but for a PS4 Pro and charge like instead of 350 US, 450 US... That thing would have still sold out in two seconds. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, you know, they put a lot of effort into marketing and actually distinguishing what the pro actually, like, gives to people who are interested. So it's very strange that it didn't, like, sell as... I thought it would be, like, not bad. It will sell, like, a pretty good, but apparently, like like you mentioned, like you insinuated, it didn't do anything at all. But but to be fair, we don't know that, right? Mm. Like until yeah. until they actually come out and and you know say something, 
I'm just assuming that that's that's the reason they haven't come out and told us anything. But we really, I truly mm. Mm. don't have a clue. Did you ever buy one? Yes, uh, because uh, when I moved to uh, from my hometown to Cardiff, uh, I didn't get my PS4 with me, so I might as well. I just got a pro um, and kept it here. And my PS, my original PS4 is back home. And what do you think? Um, I I do like how they're. I do like how they're marketing it, and I did try it with a, a 4K monitor, and I I like quite liked it. It's not like the difference of night and day between 1080p and 4K, not as like mind-boggling as uh, previous generations. But I like what they're doing with it, like releasing patches and and trying to like revitalize old games. They did one for Final Fantasy 15 recently. I'm curious to check that out when I have free time because I haven't got into the haven't played the game in a long time, so. Oh goodness, yeah. man! Like yeah. I haven't played Final Fantasy 15 since I beat it, and now like there's tons of DLC and all yeah. that stuff. See that that's the thing. Now I think I'm never doing that again. I don't think I, mm. I don't think I'm ever going to buy a season pass for a single player game or mm. any other game until you're interested. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm actually concerned about Breath of the Wild as well. You know mm. what I mean? Like mm. I bought the season pass for that, but now I'm wondering I'm like will I will I truly go back? Yeah, I think with with Breath I would, but with Final Fantasy with things that, with how things are looking for me now maybe I don't know if I have like a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and I think the chances of me going back in Breath of the Wild are much higher just because again because of the platform it's on but with Final Fantasy my goodness man like it's it's been like you know 3 months or something I haven't gone back and if I were to go back now I don't even remember how to play you know what I mean so you got to you got to yeah, learn have to readjust yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing and and you're you're playing content that's designed for post game max level characters and I don't even remember how to play <laughs> like, so that's yeah. not exactly conducive to uh to success let's put it that way yeah yeah, so. yeah i'll do the same thing i i bought the season pass for 15 and maybe by what maybe i i uh in retrospect if i turned back time i wouldn't have jumped that shipped uh ship until i like was really sure that i was gonna like devote my time to the game yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, Zelda and Dragon Quest are the two series where usually I'll make exceptions because mm-hmm. I love those series. But I think moving forward, I'm I'm really going to start thinking twice about those things. But anyway. Same here. So that's pretty much it. We have a nice, decent, meaty podcast for everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed. We're going to break up with the traditions that Steven started because, well, maybe we'll force him to join us one of these days. And so, yeah. So why don't you say all the closing comments today? Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed, as usual. Um, uh, it's uh, as I love, like, we're, how we're, like, shooting from the hip as uh, the previous podcast. Uh, sometimes it's maybe better to have a more, like, natural back and forth. But at the same time, maybe uh, more structure if we are, like, if we go back to a three-man team. Like, if I join in with you and Steven, maybe more structure would be better because everybody will have something to say and, and things will, can go out of hand with a, with a three-man team. But with two, it's manage- manageable to easily, like, go back and forth. So, hope everybody enjoyed and uh, we'll hopefully, um, I might not be here in next week so that's why we're recording this early uh but the week after we'll try to record something as soon as we can sounds good my man so everybody take care and we'll see you next time bye